Welcome to Bethel Community Church's podcast. My name is Ray Roten. I'm the lead pastor here at Bethel Community Church in Yukon, Oklahoma. We also have our partner church in Orlando, Florida, and it has been an interesting few weeks. As many of you know, you are in lockdown right now in social distancing, wearing face masks, you know, to protect ourselves from spreading a virus and what an interesting time to be alive what an interesting time to do ministry uh, what an interesting time to be a part of the church and the church family and as you've seen and, and noticed over the past few weeks probably is that uh, Bethel Community Church has not released a podcast um, over those weeks the first couple weeks of our um, you know, doing church at home we uh, took the audio from the from the the broadcast and put it online um, over the last few weeks since there's been so much social media and so much digital content out there uh, we've kind of stepped away from that over the last few weeks but uh, what we'll do probably is grab that um, audio and put it out here for those that have listened uh, to our podcast for years and have enjoyed the media or the, the download for a while what I thought I'd do today um, and what we want to do to do something a little bit different is just to have a conversation about um, our topic uh, from Sunday, which our topic is about forgiveness. And this is something that um, all of us are dealing with, especially right now. You're probably in your home with um, your family members, which you're enjoying every minute hanging out with them. And at the same time, you're probably annoying one another. You're probably frustrating one another. You're probably getting on each other's nerves. And so uh, what I'd like to do during the next few minutes is just talk through the process of forgiveness, kind of give you a snapshot of what has happened, what's going to happen, and then talk through some of the implications of it. Because um, forgiveness is something that if you are human, you're going to need to learn through or work through the process of forgiveness. You're going to need to learn how to, you know, love those around you, how to run to the door of forgiveness and not just stay in a situation where the other person is holding you hostage based on their actions. They hurt you and you're allowing them to control your life by not forgiving them. And so this is kind of the way I think about it. And I've thought about this for years in my marriage is that if I'm upset with Christy, my spouse, and I'm um, kind of holding it against her, um, she it will affect our relationship because we're close to one another. But she doesn't know my inner thoughts. She doesn't know my inner uh, my mind. And so therefore, she doesn't understand what my emotions are going through. And so she's in my mind without being in my mind. And so um, in order to sleep at night, in order to um, function, I need to let go and run to forgiveness instead of avoiding forgiveness. So last week we started a series at Bethel called I Forgive You. Um, And my thought process through this is I forgive you really, not just with my fingers crossed. And so um, we described forgiveness as walking to a door and walking through the door of forgiveness. And so a lot of us know that doors are everywhere. We use them every day. They're something that we don't really think about. We just walk through doors and doorways. Uh, They let us go outside. They let us come back inside. 
Um, doors are there for a purpose, and the purpose of a door is to keep out danger, keep in people you want inside, uh, but they're also there to protect you, and they're there to um, you know, keep the wind out and the elements out. So a door has a function, but doors aren't meant to just always be closed. Uh, doors are meant to be open, and they're meant to walk through. Uh, there's a phobia out there. I had to look it up, and, and I thought it was pretty interesting, but the, there's a phobia called, called antamophobia, and it's a person who fears doors. Um, and I and I kind of equate it to those who fear, maybe not fear, but those who avoid forgiveness. Um, and I've known lots of people over the years that just cannot let things go. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to get into, you know, what is forgiveness? It's a, it's a topic that I don't think you can um, finish in just one segment. There's some tips and um, helps along the way, but over the next few weeks, we'll be talking through the actual implications of forgiveness. Um, but in the beginning, the, the very first discussion to, to have is that what is forgiveness and forgiveness really a simple definition is this. It is the, um, decision to release someone from the debt that occurred when they hurt you. And so the decision to release someone from the debt that occurred when they hurt you. Forgiveness, an element of forgiveness is hurt. It's pain. It's um, acknowledging that there is a debt, acknowledging that there is an infraction on the relationship. And part of forgiveness is the, the sadness that it brings, the grief that it brings and that it causes is that we have this expected future. We have this idea, maybe this, um, these expectations that our future is going to be a certain way and the debt and the hurt disrupted the process, disrupted our future. And because it disrupted our future, we are grieving it. We're upset about it. We're sad about it. And part of forgiveness is acknowledging that and then grieving that and then walking away from that. Um, I've met a lot of people over the years that just completely avoid the conversation, avoid the doorway, if you, if you will, of forgiveness, just avoid walking through the door because they really want to wallow and, and, um, stay in it or not even acknowledge that it's there. Um, there, as a pastor, I've seen, um, I've walked with people, I've personally experienced just a lot of pain and a lot of sadness. And I know there's people around me that I have hurt and I have caused pain and I have caused sadness and relationships are messy. The church is messy. Um, we all make decisions that we regret. Some of us make decisions we didn't even know hurt people. Um, there's some people that have an ability to hurt people and they don't even realize it. Uh, and I, and that seems to be a common theme over and over again, even in my own personal life is that analyzing who needs to forgive me and who I need to forgive many times we don't even know that we've done it. Um, but as a pastor, I acknowledge that there are people that have intentionally and grotesquely caused pain. Um, these are cases of abuse. The, these are cases of um, verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental abuse, those are intentional 
and um, very, very painful. A lot of children have experienced this from their parents that have been hurt, who have in turn hurt them. Um, people that are just wickedly, um, incredibly um, depraved, if you want to use that word. They are completely um, uncaring, unthinking people. But in our process, is as, as someone who follows Jesus, we have to get to a point where we actually run to the door of forgiveness. We have to run to this experience of grieving the hurt and then walking away from it, finding freedom from it. Um, I think about forgiveness as a door because I really think there's a lot of people that are in a dark room and there's chaos and crisis all around them and they don't realize that there is a door that they can walk through and leave that crisis, leave that chaos behind. There is a way of escape. Jesus has offered the way of escape. He's given the out. And so um, forgiveness, the what of forgiveness is that it's a decision to release someone from the debt that resulted when they hurt you. And so that's the, the what of forgiveness. Why should I forgive? We're going to talk about that next week. And then how do I forgive? We'll walk through in the week after that. And then we'll talk about leaving and walking, walking away from it. Uh, there's no point in staying in, staying in the, the chaos of the time. And so the first thing that we have to realize to forgive, like, what is it? It's a debt, it's pain. And we have to enter into that crisis, that pain, at least temporarily to be able to walk away. It's a decision. You decide whether you're going to forgive or not forgive. And when you arrive at the door of forgiveness, you're going to decide whether you walk through it or not. I know many people that walk right up to the door, they examine it, and the debt is so great, it's it's unwilling. They're unwilling to walk through that, uh, unwilling to walk through the door. Um, scripture's full of Jesus teaching us to forgive. And then he backed it up with his life. He died on the cross. Uh, it's a it's a miraculous thing that all my debt, all the things that I've done against God, my sin, my lack of love, my lack of integrity, just compound my sin times a thousand. And it doesn't even come close to what Jesus did for me on the cross and did for you. Jesus said himself that in Mark eleven twenty five, when we're praying, first forgive anyone that we're holding a grudge against. And so unforgiveness is like a grudge. It's like a poison. It's bitterness. And then they say, he follows it up. He says, so that your father in heaven will forgive your sins too. It almost seems like there's this tie or this comparison between me receiving forgiveness and me giving forgiveness. Um, and I think at first we could misinterpret scripture and say, well, if I don't forgive others, God can't forgive me. I don't really think that's the case. And we'll talk about that next week. But I think forgiveness and unforgiveness really shows and reflects the relationship you already have with the father, the relationship you already have with God. And so when I forgive someone and I run to forgiveness, it shows, it proves that there is something happening spiritually in my life that God is working in my own life. Um, Luke six thirty seven says, don't judge. Um, our world does not need more judgment. Our, our world actually needs freedom. And so when we are believers, when we follow Jesus, when we've given our life to him, there's something about running to forgive others that uh, changes things. 
Um, also, when we know Jesus, when we have acknowledged our debt to him and we acknowledge our need for forgiveness, spiritual forgiveness, the result is me turning around and forgiving others. Being a follower of Jesus is being a forgiver. So being a believer, being a follower, being a Christ follower is the same thing as being a forgiver um, because we understand the debt. We understand what we've been forgiven from. Therefore, we extend the forgiveness to others. So not resolving situations with our the people around us, <clears throat> it actually causes misery in our hearts because our hearts are in line with the Father and the Father wants for us to run to forgiveness. And so the conflict in the heart of a believer, the bitterness, the unhappiness, the lack of joy and contentment, a lot of times has to do with this, I'm not forgiving, therefore my relationship with God is strained. Because he's like, uh, hey dude, <laughs> I've forgiven you of all this pile of things and you're unwilling to let that person go. Come on. And so it creates this misery in us. Jesus was with his disciples. And if you know anything about the disciples, they had a uh, interesting, oh, they were back and forth. They were like brothers. They were fighting for position. They were fighting for um, recognition. Uh, they would have private conversations and then come to Jesus. They had a lot of misunderstandings. And a lot of what they did was like, hey, God, let's go um, curse these people. <clears throat> they thought Jesus, <clears throat> sorry, they thought Jesus had come to um, establish a earthly kingdom. And so the disciples were always in a... Um, trying to get position and trying to get authority. But I think there was a lot of times with Jesus over the three and a half years or the three years that he was walking with them that they saw and there was this longing in their hearts to be more like him. They saw him pray. They saw him um, heal people. They saw him be compassionate and it just wrecked their worlds. Well, there was a moment they were where they were asking Jesus how to pray. And within his prayer, he drops this bomb about forgiveness. And so yeah, he says, pray like this, Father in heaven. Um, I'm reading the NLT, so it's a little different sound, but our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. It's in Matthew 6. He says, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A progression of prayer. You get to verse 13, give us today the food we need. And so we recognize God as the Father. We want his kingdom to come eternally. We recognize His our dependence on him every day with the daily bread. And then verse 12 says this, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And so you see the tie in forgiveness, forgive our sins. So we're asking God to forgive us. And then he, then he says, as we forgive those who sin against us. So almost in the like way that I'm going to be a forgiver, I need you to forgive me. Our forgiveness is always the only way we know we can forgive is based on the relationship with those around us. It's like a vertical, I'm sorry, a horizontal relationship. So how do we know we love God? How do we know we have a vertical relationship with God? How do we know we're, we're in tune with God's heart, with the Father's heart? Well, we know this by horizontally forgiving those around us or serving those around us or loving those around us or being compassionate for those around us. And so forgiveness 
is is horizontal we're forgiving people around us but the reason we do that the motivation that we do that for is because of the vertical forgiveness we've received through the father and so so it says forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us and don't let us yield to temptation but rescue us from the evil one and so he ends at the end it's interesting he starts vertical about the father that your name be kept holy your kingdom come to me here on earth and it be done soon my daily bread internally and then he flows out horizontally to those around us to forgive and the enemy is outside of that and so do you see the importance that jesus put on the enemy yes we have an enemy yes we have someone that wants to seek uh, steal kill and destroy yes but it looks like i'm gonna have a bigger battle forgiving people who have sinned against me who have hurt me and so, yes, the enemy will battle us, but I will have an internal struggle with myself to let people off the hook. But the way I can is because the Father's left me off the hook. And the reason that I can do that is because his kingdom has come, and because I can do that is because he is the Father and his name's holy. And so, what a crazy process, but internally, I have to work through the desire to hold on to a grudge, the desire to hold on to unforgiveness. Um, there's a tension, and really it has to do with mercy, compassion, and grace. Those are part of the process of forgiveness. And so uh, mercy is I look on people that don't deserve my forgiveness, and yet I'm going to extend it to them. Well, you may ask, well, what if they do it again? What if they hurt me again? What if they what if they keep doing that? I don't want to let them continue to hurt me. You're right. That's completely right. Um, and forgiveness is not letting them hurt you again. Forgiveness is not forgetting what they did to you. Forgiveness is not putting yourself in a position to be re-hurt. Forgiveness actually has to do with mercy to let them off the hook. Also, if we're being honest, mercy is very or sorry, forgiveness is very selfish. Because in a selfish way, I don't want you to control my life. The only one that should control my life is the Father, is Jesus, is God. And so if I'm letting you have space in my mind and my heart to continue to hurt me because I won't let go of the grudge or the pain or the forgiveness, well, I've just let you take control and hold me hostage for something that you shouldn't have that control. You shouldn't have that space. And so forgiveness is more about me internally than even about that person. Uh, James 2.13 says, There will be no mercy for those who have shown no mercy. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. I don't know about you, but I, when I stand before God, I stand before the Father, I want him to show mercy to me. I want him to show um, compassion to me. So when I forgive those around me, when I show mercy for those that don't deserve it, I'm actually living like the Father. Uh, then... To forgive, I've got to get out of the crisis. I can't continue to, to repeat it and go over it again and again and again. I've got to walk away from the doorway of the crisis of forgiveness. And so when we look at forgiveness and we look at the crisis, when we look at the pain, when we look at the grief that it causes, I'm going to understand there's going to be a moment of chaos. If you've never looked up the cycle of grief, I recommend you looking it up. Uh, there's a graphic <clears throat> out there that has five or six steps of grief and forgiveness is like going through the process and the cycle of grief. 
at first I'm going to be upset. I'm not going to believe it. I'm going to deny it. I'm going to go through some emotions where I'll be really upset, like, you know, really mad about it, angry about it. Well, then I'm going to get depressed about it. Then I'm going to um, actually ignore it and say, no, this didn't happen. But then once I get around the cycle of grief to freedom, that's the process of forgiveness. And once we learn and when we become master forgivers, we become people who run automatically to forgiveness, it becomes easier and easier and easier because that peop those around me should not have control of my life. They should not hold me hostage. The only person who should have control is the father. And so as we consider what God is showing us in scripture, we have to enter a crisis, you know, look to the doorway, the escape, the crisis. Remember that being a believer is the same as being a forgiver. And then we have to grieve that loss, that future hope, expectation, that future reality. We got to let it go, grieve it, and then leave. And so when we walk through the door of forgiveness, it's a process, but it's a process we can all learn. And it's a process that will make our lives better. It will make our depression better. It will make our um, anxiety better. And Jesus himself, looking at him and what he did on the cross, looking at the way he took upon himself the sin and imperfection of humanity. And when he looks at us, he treats us as if though it never happened. That's an amazing reality to live in. I didn't deserve it. I didn't even know he had forgiven me, and he still did. I didn't even know that I needed forgiveness, and Jesus extended it to me. Knowing that and understanding that gives me the ability and gives me the power to forgive. And I understand there are so many hurts. There's so many cases of abuse. And forgiveness is not easy. If it were easy, everybody would just be running to do it. But I believe that in you, you have the spirit of God. You have the power of God in your life. And you can be free from unforgiveness, bitterness, and grudges. And you can walk in freedom. I'm curious how many of us are willing to walk into crisis. Who, who do we need in our lives? Who do we need to let off the hook? spouse or someone that hurt us a long time ago, someone that we're carrying around from work in our minds. Why in the world do I need to hold on to that grudge? I need to actually consider it and let it go. I wonder if I'll allow God's forgiveness to overcome my unforgiveness. God's forgiveness to overcome my unforgiveness. That's something that I want you to wrestle with today. I think crisis can cause all of us to think that that's just me being difficult. But actually, I don't need to let anybody know about the internal decision I'm making. I don't need to go to someone that hurt me and tell them, hey, I forgive you. They That cheapened it. They don't even know that they hurt you. I think we pray that God would forgive and that we could forgive and that that person that hurt us would come to realize that they hurt us. And when they do... They can come say, I'm sorry. And then you can say, it's already done. It's for, it's forgiven. It's finished. 
you know, when Jesus was on the cross and the last words out of his mouth were, it is finished, that it is finished is the most powerful statement that anyone has ever made, which is all the chaos, all the crisis, all the, the hurt and the pain and the disconnection from God. Jesus said, it is finished. My prayer for you is that you can also experience the finished work of Jesus, which is releasing others, releasing you from the debt that occurred when they hurt you. Think about you being released from the debt of the hurt that occurred when we hurt God. If this episode was helpful for you, would you please share, subscribe, and rate so that it can be helpful for others as well. We'll talk to you next time.